Bonjour, everybody. Welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of touring, the show of the life, the show of Whiskey Jimmy Russell, Kane Camp, lots of things, lots of things. And today's guest is the wonderful Lindsey Johnson from Lush Life. Maybe you've heard of a couple of these things, right? Maybe you've heard of Kane Camp. You've heard of that? Have you heard of Camp Run Amuck? How about Portland Cocktail Week? Heard of any of these things? Well, I have heard of these things, actually got to attend one of these things, and there is no finer group of people working in spirits for education and pushing the envelope for innovation in the sense of academia and spirits than Lindsay and her group at Lushlight. She took took some time out of this, like it is a hectic schedule just kind of getting her in here because she's always on the road, always educating, always inspiring, and I am really thankful that she spent some time with me here. I'd show to be. So without further ado, let's give a listen to my interview with Lindsay Johnson of Lush Life. It's very, very different. Is it strange sitting in it, like you're talking into a mic? And it's almost like you're doing yeah. voiceover work, right? Which I, I've also done voiceover work. Oh, have you? Because you were <clears throat> sport, sports capture? Yeah, I did correct? a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But also as like a little kid, I did a lot of voiceover work. And yeah, really? I, yeah, yeah, some radio commercials and some TV commercials no and stuff. Yeah, so, eh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not afraid of any of this. Yeah, that's good. That's um, good. I, I am afraid that I am losing my voice. But No, it's not even typical. raspy at all. <laughs> and I, I think it's I didn't think whiskey helps like for some people, you know, Always. it's it's for some reason. I, and I can't remember who it might have been Axel Rose, actually, mm-hmm. but just they they would they wouldn't track without some whiskey. Yeah. Right. And, that, and this, and this so is good. a killer one. Yeah, it's really, really so, good. So, so good. So you've been on the road all day today, right? Yes. Yeah. I started my day in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we were over at Bad News Bar, which is one of my favorite places yeah. in the whole wide world. It's a Matt, Matt something, right? Uh, Justin Burrow. Justin, thank you. Yes. So. Never met him, but he is a he exudes personality even in the virtual social media he realm. Absolutely does. Justin's one of the the realest guys in the business. Yeah. He will tell you exactly what he is thinks. Is he blunt as shit? He oh, sounds real time. blunt. Yeah, all yeah. the time. And I mean it's I find it to be very charming and sure. it, it's really refreshing to hear exactly what somebody thinks <laughs> all the time. And to be honest with you, I guess some people think that he's a little prickly, but yeah. I think he's just a mush. He is the sweetest, kindest person yeah. and always has a kind word and always has a hug and always has something really positive to say. So That's I a, personally don't see it. It's strange. <laughs> I would love, you know, people told me that about Hank Kathy. Uh-huh. Right? Like oh, Hank's so sweet. <laughs> right, but he's like ultra nice guy. Yeah. He's I, like, I, I don't haven't know. seen that either. <laughs> I think someone told me one was like, man, you, you and Hank, are not, you guys are not going to get along. You're going to bitch each other. I'm like, no, we no, love each other. Great. It's a wonderful relationship. <laughs> so I'd lo- I really want to meet Justin at some point. Oh, you, you love guys him. were yeah. I'd love. I got and I got to yeah. go down there. Yeah, but you were doing it, bar smarts. Is this is like the first leg of this tour? It's I I can't I imagine this is like a second sure. or third leg, right? Sort of. Um. So next year we're taking so. 
let me take like three really big steps. Yeah, back. yeah. Um, we've been putting Portland Cocktail Week on now for six years. Yeah. And we are finally to the point that Portland cannot hold the number of people that want to come, oh, which no is kidding. really what, interesting. What's capacity now? Like, where have you guys capped? We're we're over five thousand guests. Holy shit! People, it's a like, lot of people. Five thousand, <laughs> like relatively accepted. Absolutely. And that's amazing. These are all people who are members of the trade. Most of yeah. them are bartenders, head bartenders, owners, managers, right. those sorts. And then, of course, you know, with that, there are also, you know, folks who work in PR and supplier side. Yeah, a little bit of ancillary pieces exactly, of the industry media. Yeah. A lot of really great people come. <clears throat> so that that's really what comprises the 5,000. But there aren't 5,000 hotel rooms in Portland. There are not. There are not. So <laughs> I had to share a bed with somebody just to get in that one year, I think. Yeah. And that, I, honestly, that that's the challenge that we faced. And yeah. we, we realized it last year. Um, and this year, it became even more apparent. And we, we felt even better about making the announcement that we're going to actually take the show on the road. No kidding. Yeah. So this year, we're going to be in six cities. Um, Austin's going to be the third stop. Okay. Uh, first, we're in Baltimore in April. Then we're going to uh, Phoenix in May. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Then we'll be here in Austin in in June, from June 12th through the 15th. Wow. And then we're going to Miami in August, Portland in September. And then the big one is in New York. Because um, it can handle the, the capacity? It's, it's partially that it can handle the capacity. And partially, I know people will come from... London oh, and Singapore. Sure. And Great from all over hub, the world. easy, direct flight into JFK exactly, or whatever. Exactly, you know? exactly. A lot of the consideration, I mean, you look at the cities that we picked, a lot of mm. the consideration was for our guests and for their costs. Right. It's really expensive to fly to and stay in Portland. Oh, dude, totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, Texas isn't so bad. But if you're coming from somewhere else, it's exactly. quite expensive. Yeah. And, and we looked at it and we're like, well, there are really great hotel rooms on a lot of them in Miami. Yeah. Same goes for Baltimore. And Baltimore, man, you can stay in Baltimore for 100 cheap, bucks a night. And it's gorgeous. Really cheap, yeah. It's such a cool city and no one goes is, there. Well, we spent a couple, a couple it, days in Baltimore. Sure. And, um, <laughs> but but the, the hotel I said that was wonderful. It was one of the, I, gosh, I can't. It's, one of the kind of craftier ones had a great bar and it's right I bet downtown. it was the, I bet it was the Monaco that, the Kimpton it's the Kimpton yeah, yeah it was yeah, absolutely yeah. the Kimpton yeah beautiful it's a great bar hotel yeah Brendan Dorr runs that bar oh, and he's cool. so cool he runs the he's also the president of the USBG in, in Baltimore oh, no and he's just a great guy so I, so you <clears> so you basically so you have this one event this event which I, I feel privileged I was able to go a couple of years ago and kind of attend learn socialize <laughs> all of this it grew to a point where obviously it became immensely popular. Lots of people wanted to come in. The infrastructure simply couldn't handle it. Right. And so tell me how, how you broke it into these kind of separate cities. Sure. So what's that experience like for us and sure. obviously for in Austin? What's that what's that gonna be like? Absolutely. So we're we're doing a couple of things different. Mm -hmm. Um we're we're not really like the party. I, <laughs> I, I hate to sort of draw those lines, right. but when you come to Portland Cocktail Week, you're probably not coming for the party, right? Like there are parties and sure. they're really fun, No, but, but you're coming for the education. That actually is the primary reason, which is, exactly. is interesting because you wouldn't think that'd be the case. That, you know, that we are the only ones, I think, that people are really just coming in for the education. Right, right. So what we thought, we thought really long and hard about how we wanted that to come together in each one of these cities. Mm. And the first rule we made was no events after midnight. So all programming stops at midnight. Wow. Oh, okay. um, no more than two events in an evening. Okay. Really okay. strict rule about that. Yeah. We want to make sure that, and honestly, most of the events are like hosted dinner over here and yeah. like, which is amazing experience, right? <laughs> Pairings, those are so fun. nice dishes. Yeah. Those are so much fun. Really killer stuff. But, but the idea is that we don't want people, 
we're professionals, you know, yeah. we're grownups. And if you want to go out and have a really great time and, and do your thing, yeah. you're absolutely allowed to. But we're really only hosting programming until midnight because we think you should go to wow. bed and get up early the next day and yeah, be there yeah. in classes and on the trade show floor. So it's it's, mm-hmm. it's very clear that the objective is about learning. Absolutely. And, and if anybody has the power to kind of bring people and coalesce the, the learning element of it and say, this is actually the primary reason we do this is to get better at what we do. That, that would be Lush Life. So I would hope so. It's amazing. So what what kind of du- Portland Cocktail Week is essentially mm-hmm. a week. So in Austin, yes. let's say, because this is the one, of course, I'm right, really interested. Of course. How long does that run? Um, it'll start on Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, and really, Sunday is just the registration day. The trade show floor will be open. Yeah. But there won't really be a lot of education that day. Mm-hmm. Um, in the evenings, we'll have our mashups. That's one part of the programming yeah. for Portland Cocktail Week that people really love. That's that so cool. We yeah. couldn't get rid of. I don't think we'll ever get rid of it because yeah. it's so much fun. Um, and then we'll probably have another couple of little things here and there that evening. Yeah. Um, then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday... Uh, we're going to have the trade show floor open, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main focus is the classes. Um, Do and you know, have you booked a, well, so, so timeline. I disclose. What, yeah, okay, okay, no problem. <laughs> what about the, the, do you have an idea when it's going to occur in Austin? Yes. Okay. So we'll be here June 12th through 15th. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, which is a Sunday through Wednesday. All cool. of them are Sundays through Wednesdays. Yeah. It just makes the most sense for bartenders. You're not sure. missing any of your money right. shifts. Also, we're not going to make you come for the whole time if you don't want. If you mm-hmm. can come, to, if you live in Dallas and you can get down for Monday, come on Do down it. for Monday. Yeah. If you can't, it, you know, if you can't be here for the whole three and a half days, you don't have to be. That's crazy. That's we want to make sure. Yeah. It, the, the goal here is to make sure that we're widening the net. Mm. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed all of our friends, the number one complaint of any cocktail bartender in any city in America mm. is that there aren't enough bartenders to get behind their bar. And oh, work. yeah. Understaffed. Totally. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the servers in, the barbacks in, the owners, the GMs, the chefs, anybody who might want to get back there who yeah. might be able to catch the bug. Very cool. So, of course, we're focused on our head bartenders and the people who... The people who have always been there. I, right, I, right. I like to joke that Portland Clock Two Week is this convention of head bartenders and managers <laughs> because that's really what it, it, it kind was, of is. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, we want to make sure that newer bartenders and barbacks and people who don't normally get the opportunity yeah. to take six days off from work yeah, to fly across sure. the country to spend all that money to make sure that those bartenders have the opportunity to come in and learn something from some of these really incredible people yeah. that have agreed to teach. Which in, here's the, I think one of the things that's quite different is so you look at the other kind of, let's say food festivals, although sure. they're not, not exactly the same, but Austin's got at least two. Uh, yeah, the new one that's coming ones. out with, from Transmission that they're going to be doing and hopefully mm-hmm. I'll be working on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens there. But <laughs> it's an, it, you guys have a strategy and an or an air air of inclusion which is the key right because i think a lot of this stuff is so it's so isolated and it's so restrictive and it's so exclusive like oh well you got to be really smart to get into this but like how does that help anybody out? It doesn't. You know? it, it really doesn't. doesn't. Right? I think you and I come from kind of the same background, yeah, right? We come sure. from DIY punk scenes. Dude, and exactly. How exactly. do you grow a scene if you're just talking to each other all day? You can't. You don't, right? <laughs> yeah. Justin Elliott, and I, I love this because I think it's such a funny thought and a funny picture. He talks about writing a play. Uh-huh. He's like, dude, I got to write the play. I got to perform it and perform it to all the people I already knew. Exactly. Right. It's just like a big, and I was like, it's a circle jerk almost literally. It's just right? this really continuum of this stuff, you know? So it's a good way to bring more people in. Well, I think we're doing a really good job as an industry of reaching out to people who come into the bar and come into the restaurant yeah. and getting them excited about cocktails, right? For sure. So yeah. we're creating this demand. 
that we can't quite meet because we don't have enough people who are qualified to get back there and actually execute these brilliant, beautiful drinks that all of our friends are creating. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not the case everywhere, of course. There are, I, I mean, I could list oh, a thousand of, bars in America the where they're fine. <laughs> yeah, the big cities are fine, but exactly. you talk about like coming just outside, sure. go to Round Rock even, right? right? Like just like 20 minutes outside yeah. Austin. This is bound to be a huge staffing problem. Absolutely. You know? And we want to make sure that if, if somebody's ordering an old-fashioned at a Chili's, they're going to get a good one. Yeah. And it's totally feasible. You can totally do that oh, with what they have difficult. in the back bar, right? Yeah, it's not a difficult thing. It's not like exactly. you don't have the materials needed to do it. Exactly. So I think we encourage, you know, we encourage those guys to come be a part of this. We encourage even people who work in the off-premise, you know, people mm-hmm. who work in a liquor store who are maybe guiding people the wrong way. <laughs> you know, let's give them the tools. Because they don't know yet. Yeah, exactly. Let's sure. give them the tools and resources to be as knowledgeable as our friends who are running these amazing bar programs. Right. So so it's, it almost feels like philanthropy. <laughs> right like i mean because so here's the here's the thing here's kind of the, the dichotomy is that obviously brands have to get involved because you have to have sponsorships and these kinds of things but also at the same time you want to preserve what is a humane and mm-hmm. a humanist element right Absolutely. you want people to learn and all this it, so to me it sounds that's a tad bit of a conflict how do you kind of balance those things sure. out well i think that our, our big step this year and the way that we really approached we, we because that that really is the core issue right yeah sure how do we balance bringing in enough money to get the venue to right. pay for the things there's some, yeah, there's to pay logistics. the salaries. I mean, we, we employ a, a bunch of people from the industry, yeah. you know, making sure that we can pay those salaries and take care of them. Mm-hmm. So balancing that financial constraint while also making sure that we're, we're kind of giving this noise free education. Right. And a big step for us is saying, you know what sponsors, we love you and we want you to submit class ideas, yeah. but ultimately you're not allowed to pay to sponsor a class. Yeah. You can't just, you can't buy your way through it. Like, if, there are many brands that are sure. absolutely okay about sure. trying to elevate the category, absolutely. which is a different thing. Like that's far more appropriate, you know. I mean, step one for us was taking alcohol out of the classroom, right? That was oh, step one. Like l- literally, literally taking it out, taking okay. it out of the okay. classroom. You do not get drinks. You do not get served yeah. at any class that we we have. Oh, with, that's great. I think over the last three years there have been two exceptions. Yeah. Um, and it was because it was just intri- like you had there had sure. to be liquor like yeah, yeah, there, there, there was the, no other way around it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, more than ninety nine percent of the classes that we've we've put out have yeah. not had liquor served in them. And we we're gonna keep that trend going. So it's it, it's interesting and it's refreshing to see what is kind of implicitly a focus on health. Right? Because Absolutely. you're you're saying this is really about a, a scenario in which you, you, let's take this in an academic from an right. academic perspective and let's all learn clear headed exactly. right like let's not let this other stuff influence exactly where did, where did that come from where did that strategy of trying mm-hmm. to keep it healthy too and centered sure. where did that come from sure I, I think it came from us looking at the kind of education that we saw yeah and saying you know we have a lot of these really great brand trainings we have a lot of these really great vertical tastings category trainings right. we have a lot of opportunities i mean the bar five day there's nothing better in the world than oh, getting to learn geez. how to taste all those spirits know, and understanding yeah. what they're all made <laughs> of we don't need there's no reason for me to offer that kind of education because somebody else is doing it better than i'm ever that's do perfect it, that's right? great yeah yeah I'm not, I'm not interested in teaching that the thing that we focus on the thing that i'm continually interested in mm-hmm. is how we look at our ourselves as an industry and how we look at how we take that next step in our career right so really it's career training how do i become a better bar manager how do i become a better bar owner do i want to become a bar owner Mm -hmm. am i interested in starting my own line of gin how do i do that how do i take those steps what are those steps so it's a matter you guys are essentially mentoring people in career pathing it's it's much more about 
about absolutely it's yeah. much more about careers and it's much more about creating a path yeah uh than it is about learning about the spirit that goes in the glass because i feel like that's that's covered sure i mean the, we, we're, we're in an era of technology like of exactly. information we can find out anything we want about that so but the thing that isn't so clear is what's the right path for me exactly that's a really valuable thing is it's, it's I, even i get a lot of questions from entrepreneurs and things it's like sure. well what's the next step i want to do this thing i want to make this right. thing and so you guys coming in to provide these services i mean that that could be incredibly valuable I, it, the first step for us was was building out that sort of baseline of education so yeah. you think you want to be a blank right you right yeah you exactly be a bar owner yes absolutely. you think you want to be a brand investor you think you want to be right. a, a brand owner mm-hmm. okay well let's talk to people who are actually in those roles yes. and see what it's actually like sure right absolutely. and that's that's where we started three years ago and this year we added a master's level of programming mm-hmm. that sort of took it to that next level so it was more a appropriate for like people who already owned a bar but are looking to open their second or right, third right. Or, or who just really wanted to hone their skills yeah. um, and talk to their peers and learn from their peers directly from their peers. Mm-hmm. So that's been really great for us seeing that, okay, we can have programming that's not just tracked. So not just, you know, this kind of career, this kind of career, this kind right, of career, right. which was something that we're going to continue to do is track uh-huh. programming. But we can also offer different levels. Yeah. There are a lot of people who, who d- quite simply don't know how liquor is made. They, they don't, right. you know, they work in a bar and they don't they know. They want to get to the fundam- exactly. fundamentals. Yeah, yeah. And it's really important that we provide those fundamentals. Right. Um, but I would much rather provide the fundamentals of how do I do my job better, mm-hmm. then how do I taste this spirit better? How do I learn about this product you're, better? You're promoting utility. Absolutely. Which and, is brilliant. And, yeah. and, and I think they're, they're, again, they're a program, like Bar Smarts is awesome. I don't know if you've ever taken any of those classes. No, I've just read about it. It's so good, man. It's what Pernod Ricard is doing with that program. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like laid the groundwork for a lot of what we're doing now. Yeah. Uh, the program is revolutionary. You know, it goes in and it teaches the basics. This is a column still. This is a pot still. This is how this works. Oh, this is how that works. Yeah. This is what gin is. This is what. Yeah. It's such a. It's such a great program mm-hmm. that it would be silly for me to offer that program. And you should go to Bar Smarts. It's way right, better. Right. Are you guys collab- So is this. How do they feel about what you're trying to do? I think they look at us the same way we look at them yeah. as we're providing the other side of it. And quite frankly, for a partner like Pernod Ricard, they mm-hmm. look at this as creating longevity for the sure. people that we're investing in, right? So yeah. they're they're investing in people just like we're investing in people, right? So right. the idea here is that they invest in your education because they want your bar to succeed. Yeah. Because well, if your bar succeeds, it sells more beef feeder, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so true. It's such wins. a good, it's a great way to, to look at it. And, yeah. and really, we work with partners who are like that. The, yeah. You can look through the roster of yeah, our sponsors. Yeah, they're always great. They're always really great. It's, it's people who get it and people who promote education. You know, we we certainly have a lot of fun things that happen at all of right. our programs. But they ultimately, end of the day, we're all trying to do the same thing, which is to keep the momentum behind the cocktail world going. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. And so is it nice being back in Texas? So we've had of some course. chats, right? Like we have some <laughs> rapport. I, I'm not going into this cold, which sometimes I do. And it's, it's always like, well, shit, what am I going to ask? Right. Me, you know? But so it's nice to be back in Texas. I mean, absolutely a home away from home because you grew up here, right? Texas is is my favorite place on earth. Yeah, Um, I I don't know that that will exactly. (laughs) I don't know that that will ever change. Uh, I grew up in Dallas. I I went to high school in Dallas, and I I love Dallas. I'm actually like very partial to Dallas. I was just there two days ago. Midnight Rambler. I saw some pictures. Man, it's such a great bar. (laughs) Was it nice being back? 
It's always nice being back. So you have family still in Dallas? I don't. All my family is up in New York. Oh, they moved? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. My whole family is from New York originally. They're uh-huh. all from the city in Long Island. And my parents moved back when I went to college. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we were sort of the, the, the black sheep. We were the only ones who left New York. Oh, man. <laughs> but we found our way back uh, around the time I turned 18. But yeah. yeah. Oh, well, so man, were you, because I, I, I think about it just, there isn't a more, I'm just going to put it this way, iconic female figure in this industry. I think you've got such a wonderful reputation and people really trust what you're doing. And so when that entrepreneurial spirit, like when did you start understanding that you, that's what you had, that was the itch? Sure. Is that a high school thing or was that when you got into college? I I feel like I've always had these sort of inklings that this is where I was going to head. My mother was an entrepreneur. Oh yeah, What did she do? She owned a toy store when I was a kid. And it was really cool to see my mom just decide one day she's going to open this toy store and she did it on her own. That's so I mean, my dad definitely helped a ton. And my family, we're all very You guys are really close. We are. We're really, really close. So, you know, it was definitely a family effort. I totally learned how to work the cash register at eight years old. And I loved it. I mean, what better scenario in life, right? To be an eight-year-old with a toy store. Not so bad, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I saw that I could go out and do that if I wanted. Yeah. If I wanted, I could build something from scratch. And it wouldn't be, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. And that's what my mom always taught me. It's amazing. So I was really lucky with that. And, you know, I was always pretty involved, like I said, in, with with uh, DIY and hardcore scenes. Yeah. And- so I, I just because I love nerding out about of music. Of course. What were, do, you, do you have a, any seminal moments where you're at a show and you're like, oh, dude, man. I got to do something with this? Oh, man. I, Especially yeah. in Dallas. Cause I talked to Jeff Boley a bit because he uh-huh. grew up in, like, he yeah, was yeah. in Dallas and in that scene and stuff but I I have a feeling Dallas was actually for me it was a little I was a little less in it in Dallas just to be completely honest I I was I was very good in Dallas I I was behaving yourself I was a straight A student and was on the basketball team and ran the television station but also went to a lot of shows yeah Um, but I wasn't as involved in the scene there it was really once I I got back up to Long Island and it it was one of those things better better bands up there frankly you know it it was kind of the time and the place right It, it was Long Island in the mid 2000s thousands and it was oh, sort man. of like the time right because that's oh, i'm trying to think so thinking of 2004 2000 well helmeted pass quicksand mm-hmm. is up there you get mm-hmm. sick of it all chromax uh-huh. stuff like all that. of that yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was near the end of a lot of of that yeah and the beginning of a lot of things that we probably shouldn't speak of that it's i don't a, love not as, as much not i'm as not as good, excited yeah. about <laughs> uh, but I, I worked in, I, I worked in a bar that was a, a hardcore bar, no you know, kidding. and yeah, I, and it was me and this, this girl cat who was like, oh my goodness, she must have weighed 90 pounds mm-hmm. and little blonde thing. And she was the bouncer, the oh, door person. She, amazing. It was me and, and she her. She probably could take anybody. Huh? Oh, she was great. Yeah. She's killer. Uh, but yeah, it, it was the two of us in there every Wednesday, Thursday night. And those were the, the two nights where it was oh, all hardcore cool. punk rock. Oh, and it was amazing. a lot, it was a lot of fun. The rest of the time it was kind of like this weird new wave bar, which I think is part of why I like maybe don't love that kind of music so much. <laughs> does the does the cure just irk you to no end? Let's not talk about that because I, I want Justin Burrow to love me after this interview, yeah. and I don't want to say too much. Man, I, I listen. I you know, in all, in full disclosure, I had never listened to Disintegration, and oh, wow. I, I was I was on a, coming back on a flight from from London, and I watched Ant Man because there was uh-huh. like nothing else right? to watch on, on the United. And I was like, well, I love Paul Rudd. Who sure. doesn't love Paul Rudd? And so they, there's somehow some like real moving scene with disintegration playing. And I'm like, oh, oh well, I'm going to try to listen to this. Right. I like The Cure. Like, yeah, going yeah, back. yeah, yeah. But yeah, then yeah. I listen to that sure. record. I'm like, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to have to get another cup of coffee. This is a snooze fest. <laughs> and it's like, right? it, it is like a seminal record for of so course. many people. So many people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't get it. 
And I get the cure. I totally get the cure. But they Absolutely. do not get that record. It's so sleepy. I you know, I, I like the cure too. They're not yeah. they're not on my, my list of of not favorites. Yeah. Uh, but there there are some that That are I, certainly like I have a lot of friends who really like New Wave and I, I am <laughs> Uh, I I actually I love new. I mean, I keep pulling depends, it. I guess I, I sort of I've pulled this quote out twice this week because uh-huh. I'm traveling with my whole team. Right. But uh, Craig Finn says on one of his records, "In dying, you don't have to deal with new wave for a second time." <laughs> I kind of feel that way. <laughs> Just once is fine. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> once was more than enough. See, that's how I feel about like this new neo <laughs> hardcore stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once was fine. Yeah. Like I got it, my yeah. fix in the '80s and the '90s. Oh, and yeah. stuff. And so, but you. You've got this entrepreneurial spirit. You're kind of learning it by example. You're immersed in the business sure. at a young age. And you go and you kind of do the media route, though, for a while. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I come from media, right? So yeah. I, I worked at WFA in Dallas and I I, I come from journalism, right? Yeah. That's what I went to school for. I'm, I'm a what, journalist. What drew you to journalist? journalism? Journalism, uh, rather. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that lately because yeah. it's um, it's a funny career path to pick at this point in history, right? Uh, now, now it is. Even, yeah, but, even, in, even in 2000, when yeah. I, I picked journalism as my career path, it was a funny mm. thing to pick because it's... It's a struggling industry, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think it's because there's a code of ethics. I think it's because at its core, journalism is one of the things that at least to idealistic 18-year-old me (laughs) looks like this really uh, moral and ethical place where you can stand the high ground and you can do something really good for people, right? Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. And and I think that was really the motivation more than anything else. Um, now I look at that and I'm like, okay, so that's not realistic. Did, was it? Do you go back and look at it and say, like, man, maybe that was slightly naive. <laughs> yeah, I, I love, and I, honestly, I loved being a journalist. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it got a little repetitive for me, to be completely honest. It was just, a, especially because I was in broadcast. Oh, uh, right. And well, if that's, you're, yeah, that's strange because it's it's not that it's uninspired, but it's so rehearsed and like you just kind exactly. of do the same thing all the time. I, I think the 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 hardest part was for me was the hurdles, yeah. right, to get to a place where you weren't doing that rehearsed right, over right. and over and over again kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Once you get to a certain point, it's a very engaging, very interesting, very challenging field. Sure, sure. Um, but certainly if you're, you know, covering Cat in Tree and Amarillo, it's not that right. compelling. Right, which is still essential for Amarillo at Absolute, that time. Absolutely. Is that, was that where you went to school in Amarillo? No, no, no. I went to the University <laughs> no, of Missouri. No hate on Amarillo. <laughs> no, 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 I love Amarillo. <laughs> yeah, it's not Amarillo. Uh, I, I actually picked that because uh, my advisor told me that even though I'd worked at a TV station in Dallas, mm. um, that once I was done with school, I would have to go back to the, to the small, small markets. Market. And Amarillo oh, was the man. example he used. I was like, did you oh, go, no. Did, did you go to college in Dallas then? No, no, no. no. I, I'm, I'm University of Missouri. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so that's... They're that's a journalism a, school. Yeah, it's That's a why good I went one. there. Did, yeah. did you look around a bit and kind of that... That was the, it that was was the, the clear one. choice. I mean, they, they were the only one that had an affiliate on campus. So oh, a, a cool. network affiliate okay. on campus. So I didn't want to take a step back. So I, I wanted to get up there. Right. Um, it was between that and NYU. And NYU would have been a choice to be near my family and would have been a choice to to be a little bit more independent and go to, to New York City. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different thing. I, I don't know if you feel this way because I've... I've lived away from my family for mm-hmm. a long time but it being an nyu perhaps it's like just a tad easier it had right? nothing to do with that I, no, okay. it, honestly i would have loved to have been near my family uh, that would have been like the ice amazing the cake. right but uh, honestly what it came down to was mizzou was free and uh, yes. <laughs> nyu was nyu prices. we all look at money at some point <laughs> right, yeah, right? A big I, wanted, I wanted to leave without debt and i was lucky enough to be able to do that well of the two of us i'm really happy for you that you left <laughs> school without debt <laughs> Yeah, that that was a tricky thing. I didn't I don't know how I did it. I kept the key. I was like, "Well, I'll get a master's degree." Yeah, just put it on my tab. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I, and you know, it was it was a choice that I made back then that I'm actually really happy about. Yeah. Um, and it 
it, it serves me well. I use those skills every day. Sure. You know, I think I make my team crazy, like moving the comma and <laughs> like fixing punctuation in everybody's work. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, there's skills that you learn every day. And really sure. the, the main skill is communication and being oh, able to yeah. clearly communicate with others. Cl- being clear, concise. Exactly. And uh, compelling. Right, which is an interesting thing. So, did you? So, was it the standard four-year thing? It seems like you probably finished it pretty quick. I I had my four years. I had a great time. Yeah. How was it socially? Did you were were you kind of getting exposed? Because it it seems like maybe the aha moment hadn't happened yet with regard to like cocktails. It it hadn't with cocktails. It certainly hadn't. Um, That actually came my my best friend um, Alan Katz, who Mm -hmm. is there are two Alan Katz in our business. Both are amazing. Which is the gin one? Uh, Jin Allen Katz is not my best friend, but okay. I adore him. I actually saw him last week. He's just the smartest, most interesting guy in the cool. room. No matter what room you're in, I've he's the most interesting guy, guy in the yeah. world. Um, but my my Alan lives on the other side of the country. He's opening okay. a bar in Las Vegas right now. Okay. Um, I, he ran Kanye in LA for a little while, mm. and he ran Fatty Crab in New York for a long time. Oh, nice, and nice. He, He's got the re- this crazy Good resume. resume. yeah. Crazy resume. So what did you guys meet? Uh, so I met Alan on Long Island doing all that, that DIY yeah? music stuff. Yeah. Um, and Alan, oh man, he's just the smartest person. He, right. the, something about that name, Alan Katz, smart people. I suppose so. <laughs> um, I, I think that's what my therapist's name is. is Alan, no, see, there yeah. we go. Uh, but yeah, I met Alan and Alan was working um, at the time under this really amazing older gentleman who I, I had no idea who he was. He was just mm-hmm. this very charming lovely person who always had a smile and made the best Manhattan you've ever had. Mm-hmm. I would tell these stories about the good old days of cocktails in the Rainbow right. Room. And it was Dale DeGroff, of course, oh, right? The actor, the consummate right? actor, right? Oh, yeah. man. And Dale, between Alan and Dale, I fell in love. I yeah. fell in love with the business. Um, and, Great personalities. Right? Just, you know? <laughs> and the two of them really talked me into taking a step away from the ad agency where I was working uh-huh. um, and and starting my own company where I would, they wanted media creation, they wanted video creation, that's sort of thing right. um, that catered to bartenders and bartending. Like uh, more or less education, I guess. Exactly. Right. Really, yeah. And, and those were our first steps. Um, we started doing those videos. Oh my goodness, that was in 2006. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. So the company is now 10 years old. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so the company, as we, as you and I know, but for maybe some of the listeners that don't sure. know, Lush Life. Lush Life Productions. Productions yeah, founded in 2006. Yep. You guys have offices on both coasts, right? We're Still? in New York, Portland, and Louisville now. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, Louisville. I, I think that's just a prep project there. A little so bit. So you can get a little bit closer to the bourbon out there. Right? Uh, closer to the bourbon, closer to home. I just bought a house there. Did you really? I did. Oh, is that... Well, we've talked sometimes. So, lovely, lovely country. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to be, be in full disclosure. I haven't been out there. And you gotta come visit. I have to, and perhaps I've got I'll three ask you bedrooms for, for a couch Please, or something I, to crash I have four. On. I have four bedrooms. There's one with your name on it. Whenever you want to come out, <laughs> amazing. Oh, I, so I'm, I'm there. I'm totally perfect. There. So, what is it about? Do you see something for yourself? in the future, like in 20 sure. years from now in Louisville. Is that why you Absolutely. I, I personally really love that part of the country. Yeah. I, when my mom ran the toy store when, when I was a kid, I lived uh. in St. Louis, which is not far away. I really no, do no, love the cool. Midwest. Um, it, it's just a beautiful part of the country and, and something that I really love. Um, yeah. You know, we have another project that um, that is very near and dear to my heart called Camp Run Amok. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, that that's a bartender summer camp that brings 300 bartenders down to learn how to make whiskey and Amazing. interact. And it's, it's really a networking event yeah. at its core community building. People uh, talk about that core. all year. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> you, you have managed to create at least two things that people talk about all year. 
Well, and you're doing Cane Camp. We are. Cane Camp's the newer thing. one. Yeah, and that's... So, the, le- yeah, so, yeah. so for my, for my sure. clarity and peace of mind, sure. so we're talking Portland Cocktail Week, which is now broken up into some it's called, satellite... Yep, it's called Bar Institute, and it will be in those six cities. Bar Institute, mm-hmm. brilliant. And so you got... I'm looking forward to June 12th, you yes. said, right? In yes. Austin, absolutely. Yep. Hey, if you want me to... Uh, pontificate for for an hour let me know and i'll, I'll pop out the, the crew. <laughs> perfect yeah it'd be wonderful so oh no got, we need that <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you have camp run amok yes which had looked like two sessions this yes year? and this year we're actually going to split the sessions one in may and one in september oh cool okay i want them to actually see distillation yeah some of them at least. which is a brilliant yeah thing. i'm so excited to taste it and understand right? how to it, develops, see it as it comes off the still i yeah. think it's so important and then you've got cane camp is that yes. another one cane camp you're mm-hmm. the devotion and the love of rum so Absolutely. Puerto ca- Rican rum specifically. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. When did that start? This was the first year. June was the first time. Okay. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Don that Q, brings, is that, was that one of the big partners? Don Q, Ronda Baralito, uh, Madaya uh-huh. Beer, um, and then Coffee Production are oh, cool. our focuses while we're down there. The Rums of Puerto Rico, um, along with, of course, our partners at Don Q, yeah. uh, helped us put that whole thing together. And that's it's amazing. so fun, man. It's so fun. Is that a week to, as well? It's Yeah. It's seven full days. Okay. That's, that's a little bit longer. Um, yeah. And it's because there's just so much to do. Right. Uh, and really, those guys are fighting the good fight. Talk about good partners, man. They, they are... Uh, I think the most green distillery yeah, currently you, in the world. I think, so here's one of the things I think is this is an amazing story. And this is an anecdote I've told other people yeah. since we, we chatted last time you were in town. So Bacardi, so I look at this the same way that other, most people look like look at this in the industry. Sure. But they were making flavored rums in a natural sense. They were essentially yep. steeping and then filtering. Right, exactly. They didn't have a flavor house. No, there's, and that's so funny. Is I, that crazy? Well, the first time I went to the distillery, the the Don Q distillery, I, I walk in and we're talking about the different experiences yeah. that, that our guests are going to have. And they're like, oh, well, we know that these really smart, savvy bartenders aren't interested in flavored rum. And I said, well, what's your process? Tell me about it. Right. Because right. you're doing everything else the right way. It would be weird to just me. humor me. Let's let's, let's see, see how it. it goes. Yeah, and they take me to the lab where Sylvia, who is their distiller for, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say how long because she's so fabulous. She yeah. could pass for thirty but for a long time. For a very long time, she's been working there since she was 19. Oh, that's killer. Is one of the the leads at the distillery. Mm-hmm. Uh, she brings us to the lab and she's like, "Oh yeah, what we do is we take this hand picked mint and we steep it in the rum and then we pull it out and then we taste <laughs> it and if it needs more, we put it back in." Yeah, that's I'm amazing. Like, mm, yeah, you need to show people this. <laughs> people will that resonates. With <laughs> Exactly. And uh, the thing that I felt was like so bizarre, it's just insanely bizarre, is that they felt somehow they were making an inferior product because they didn't have the money or the facility to go and use were, artificial yeah. flavoring. They were worried that it wouldn't look as polished. And That's it's so like, guys, insane. No, no, this is the good. And they they know that they're doing it the right way. Right. And they're proud that they're doing it the right way. It's it's just so funny that there is that disconnect, that yeah. moment of disconnect. And, it's, and that's West, that's like Western culture in a sense, exactly, right? Yeah. Like, whoa, uh, but you know, they're not Botox, they're not perfect, right. they're not airbrushed. <laughs> right. Like, no, give it's me the grit. Mint. Give me the organic <laughs> yeah. elements, right? Exactly. I mean, you walk by on the days they're doing the coconut and stuff, it's just it's ridiculous it's, it's, it's that, totally ridiculous it's what they do and yeah. you know the distillery itself is so real mm. it's it's rusty and old and parts of it are Love new it. and parts yeah. of it are old and it's it's you can see the history there you can see the, and it's a working distillery they don't do tours they don't have a gift shop they're no That's animatronics awesome. it's <laughs> again going back to utility yeah, exactly right. and, there, and there is nothing there that is not used every single day yeah and there is not a person there that roberto who who owns the distillery mm-hmm. doesn't know personally you, you go on a tour through and he's asked 
asking about their kids and how school is going and he so it's a good organization everything, everything good about culture, them is good. like everything it's they're, family. they're great people family is exactly right that's, that's who wonderful. they are and they were sweet enough to invite 50 new members of their family in last year. It was very <laughs> But that's cool. amazing for it them. Really it's amazing is. for the bartenders or whomever in the industry. Absolutely. Go out there. I, I would love to go out there. <laughs> right, so I'm just, you know, I'm making a mental checklist. Like, well, now maybe I got a room to stay in in Louisville. That's oh, you do. You check. do. There we go. Check. <laughs> and then maybe I can find a place to stay in Puerto Rico. I so can, I can certainly point you to the right direction. Oh, uh, yeah. And one of my favorite bars in the world is in Old San Juan, uh, La Factoria. What is a what? What kind of bar is it? It's a cocktail bar. Yeah. Uh, so okay, that totally short sells it. Let me. <laughs> yeah. What kind of experience is it? Sure. So you walk into La Factoria, and uh-huh. it's a bar that's been operating for generations and generations and generations. Wow. It's old. It's beautiful. Uh, the paint is sort of peeling, but in like a really beautiful strategic kind of way. Like <laughs> yeah. it looks like like you, when you buy like, stonewashed jeans, right? And yeah. It looks like they paid a designer a million dollars to oh, like amazing. stucco this place, but it's yeah. just the way it is. It's, yeah. it, it's just authentically this. Mm. Um, and the guys who run the bar. So th- there's this first room that's the cocktail bar. Um, it's all open air because duh, you're in Puerto. Right. it's gorgeous yeah, it's beautiful. um really beautiful music very thoughtful cocktails just one of the most stunning experiences having really? a, a beautiful drink there with amazing people who are all from puerto rico it's it's where locals go it's yeah. where tourists go it's where everybody goes right it's, it's just this it's a landmark it is it really is and then you go through the door and there's another bar Oh. Uh, and the other bar is like a wine bar and then there's another bar that's like a library bar and then no there's another kidding. yeah and i they've got plans for what's coming next so it's gonna be inc- incredible the, these guys are the real deal and so you have to absolutely go to go there la factoria is a must go I, I i voted on world's best bars this year it was my number one pick for okay. world's best bar yeah it's amazing I, it's my number one bar that's brilliant i love it what do you what do you i mean oh gosh you know it's funny because it's like what kinds of questions should I ask Lindsay? Like, <laughs> what 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 are those underhand softball pitch mm. questions? You know, but I mean, I got back from London and uh-huh. this week, and I went to White Lion. Great, and my life was changed. I'm yeah. not gonna fucking yeah. discount it, dude. Like it was it's amazing. I, yeah. Like I got to Ian was here with Simon Ford. Uh-huh. I hadn't met Ian, but I I right. he, he was at the Townsend. Sure. Justin and I yeah. were good friends. And so I was like, I went out there and I'm like, yeah. hey, you're the guy that was here, and now I'm coming to London to hang out. And not only is he an awesome dude, only yeah. 28, which kills me, <laughs> kills me that he's able to do dandelion and white line right at 28. But that bar changed my life and so in other words the question mm-hmm. really is i know why it did for me and that was sure. because it is an absence of brands in that bar okay right but what is it for you that makes that amazing experience in a in a bar that you'd like to go back again and again sure i think when i'm looking at that that really seminal experience in a bar mm-hmm. the the most important thing for me is is always authenticity and i think that yeah, that goes back yeah. to kind of everything else right but it's not else, like right? contrived that it, it's, it's it's honest it's who they and, are right yeah. and it's what they're trying to do um you know I've, I've spent a lot of this year especially because of the programming we're doing next year right, thinking right. about how do we drive drinking forward how do we get in more places how do yeah. we how do we get cocktails in movie theaters and in casual Bill dining? <laughs> no, always Bill Norris. <laughs> yeah, always That's Bill. always the right answer. That, is always that right. guy is always the right answer. Uh, <laughs> but how do we how do we think of ways to to push drinking culture forward? Yeah. And the the bars that have been most interesting to me in the last year are those that are doing that. So Dude. Alamo Draft House, absolutely. Yeah, to me, brilliant. What, is like a game I can changer. get popcorn, a hot dog, and a wonderful rusty nail. Game okay. changer. Yeah, Done. it's incredible. Done. Uh, that I, that to me right now is the most interesting thing happening. Yeah. Um, 
I, it's hard for me to say that it's one thing over another because sure, sure. Uh, you know you go you go to a place like Whitechapel in in San Francisco, which I right. was at last week. Yes, I've, we have oh, great relationship with those guys. Man, is that place amazing? It's, it's so good. Yeah. Everything about it is so painstakingly thought through. I, want, right? I love that. every piece of that bar. Somebody thought about yeah. and placed just the way it is, right. and made that drink just the way it, it's so thoughtful. And there's something so special about something so thoughtful. Yeah. I think somebody could walk in there and be like, "Oh, this is a little, you know, contrived because it's so themed." It's not. No, everything it feels about that totally is real. Earnest. It yeah, feels so real. Uh, it, that to me is what speaks. That's really the the thing that I'm looking for. So it's right. not it's not something you can really put your finger on and say, "No, but you know, I like it, this right? exactly." Like, I, I kind of don't know why I like. Uh, certain bands like right. i don't really know why i like the fix or something or, right I, I know i like it but i but i know i like it yeah. you know and yeah, because yeah. it always feels Absolutely. like really really honest and connected so the, flipping that though mm-hmm. what what really spells out a problematic experience in a bar to you like you step in and you just kind of sure. know it's not going to be the right I mean, usually the, when you walk into a bar and, and the service just isn't really there, that, yeah. that first point of service, if you don't put a glass of water in front of me, unless yeah. it's California where it's illegal, sure, which I understand. Sure, you got to ask for it, right? Um, if you're not putting a glass of water down, I'm probably like eh, a little a little put off yeah. right right away. Because how smart is it to give, it's a it's right? a business thing. It is. Because if I keep you <laughs> hydrated, you're going to keep drinking. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and uh, to speak to kind of the other side of that coin, uh-huh. um, if somebody pours me two or three drinks that are like half green chartreuse where I know the port Ugh. cost is through the roof, right? Right, right. Sorry. It yeah. hurts my heart because I'm like, this bar won't even, as much as I love this bar, it won't exist in a year. Yeah. Um, it's so just not that's, cost effective. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when I see those poor decisions, those poor business decisions, that that's kind of a place where, right. where I get a little bit like, oh, please don't do that. And uh, another thing, and I say this to everybody who will listen, don't count me drinks. Quit it. Interesting. Quit it. I don't like it when you buy my drinks. I'm pretty sure everybody would comp you drinks too. I, I could I could just see it now. Now so I know sweet. how to dress because I'll just put like a red haired wig on and be like, "Hey, I'm from the lush life. Give me a drink." You know I mean? <laughs> but I, I I I want your bar to make money. Yeah, of course. And, you know, I think there there's actually a really great uh, seminar that Chris Bostick put together um, mm. at Golden State of Cocktails last year about. Whether the what the correct circumstances are for comping a drink. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Man, was that great because he got up there and he said, "I don't comp anybody at yeah, my bar. That's I don't care fitness. who you are." <laughs> and he's like, "I have industry specials that are yep. on every single day. Right, you can get a beer and a shot for five, six. I don't know exactly sure. the price. Deal. It's but a steal. A, a steal. Yeah. Right. For people in the know, it's a steal. Right. right? And we're gonna treat you nice, and you're gonna have a great time. But mm. ultimately, my bar is gonna make money. And I just was like, preach. Yeah. That is exactly right. That's, That's the so way cool. it should be. Yeah, it's great. It's a great thing. He's always right too. He's yeah, like, no, Chris is. Man, I love Chris. <laughs> Everybody in Austin. Guy. This is the problem. Yeah, you get too we're many good all kind of cool. <laughs> That's probably the only reason I wanted to like ever start a podcast because I've got so many great right? people around There's me. There's so many good people here. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Well, so speaking of good people, we'll take it th- this moment to talk about the bottle that we've mm. selected. And so yeah. I. I was very envious and jealous I didn't make it out to the cocktail week this year. But I did see that Jimmy Russell made it out. Oh, he did. Dude, that guy, I don't know. He's in his 90s now. Is that right? He, yeah. Like uh, pushing maybe early, quite, well, maybe 88, 89, I mean, he's a like very that. spry. Whatever oh, age he still, is, he's very spry. Oh, I, <laughs> he works. He still yeah, works. He does. And that's what keeps him fresh. Yeah, he the works in the distillery. I mean, he. I've seen him roll a barrel. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. It's insane. Incredible. But he's but, a... He's a, he's a he, he's somebody that I would just love 
just oh, give yeah. like an hour, man, just to chat. You know? Well, the coolest thing about um, when I got to see him in Portland Cocktail Week mm-hmm. is that it wasn't just him. It was him, his son, and his grandson. And that's all so three cool. of them, yeah, all three yeah. of them are working for the brand right now. Yeah, it's great. It's staying in the family. And that, there's something so special about that. Absolutely. And, you know, there are things that I think Jimmy has passed on to Eddie that he wouldn't pass on to, you know, a tech coming in and helping out you at the distillery. You, you can't be as frank. You exactly. can't be as harsh, but you also can't be as loving. Exactly. Right? It's it's the exactly. balance of all of that stuff. Absolutely. And so I think that perfectly parlays into, so today I got a call. Uh-huh. I have a dealer, right? I call him <laughs> my dealer. And lots of people got weed dealers. Fine. Yeah. Good. I Great. got a whiskey dealer. Of course. And he calls me and he's like, hey, I, got, I just got the this bottle. And do you, are you interested? I'm like, wait, what is it? What is it? And so he begins to regale me of this tale of 40 bottles making it into Austin. Amazing. And there is this Russell's Reserve distilled in 1998 and barreled for 15 years. Now, it's been Amazing. in stainless for two, if I understand correctly, and then only 2,000 bottles are out Amazing. there. So I was like, yeah, all right. No, that's good. Let's do that. Let's <laughs> I do, need that. Let's do that. He goes, it's like, my cost is this. I'm like, understood. Let's right. just do that. Let's just do that. So in in honor of Jimmy, absolutely. what it, many have said from what I've read about this particular bottle, this Russell's Reserve straight bourbon, it is at 51.1%. It is creamy, caramely, mm-hmm. is really lovely, and to many the best Russell Russell's Reserve ever. What do you What do you think? It's exceptional. It's great. I, right? There, there's no other word for it. This yeah. is exceptionally good. It's so uh, good. I, I think your descriptors are, are pretty dead on. I it's just read very... the label. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is though. It's it's very creamy. It's very. It, it's like it dessert. is the creamiest wild turkey right? I've ever had. Right, and yeah. a, I, part of what I love about wild turkey is that it's it's got that backbone. Yes, yeah, and yeah. it's got that personality, and it's real spunky, just you like Jimmy. You always know, yeah, right? you always know it's wild turkey for sure. <laughs> it's got his personality, like yeah. that. That's how I think I think of him every time I have a sip because it's it's that that real funny. It's like it's got a sense of humor, but it's big and it's strong mm-hmm. and it. It, it it tells you it's there. It announces that it's right there. But this it's still, is, man, this is it so has smooth. a silky, yes. lovable center to this. Bourbon, uh, exactly, is, that's like so key in bourbon, and that's one of the so reasons good. that I love it. You know, same. It's so, so good, so good. Well, so one of the things I always wonder because God, if there, I don't know of a bigger jet setter. Than you, I don't know if that's a an, an insult or a compliment uh, or what. I don't know. These days, it kind of feels like both. <laughs> yeah, you're like the you're like the Rolling Stones, man. You're on tour ten months out of the year. Yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely on the road. I, I think last year it was a little over three hundred days a year. That's crazy. This year is going to be a little more. Like most successful multi multi platinum selling artists aren't even on the road that much. Yeah, it, it catches up with you a little bit. Yeah. Um, but How, how's it how's it catching up with you? Not you know, that I've got some assumptions as I you know. <laughs> You know, it, it's more that I, I want to be able to focus on really building out the great content that we want to provide at the Bar Institute. And right. I, I want to make sure that we're we're offering the best possible programming we can. And yeah. a lot of that is, is sort of predicated on having a little bit of time to think about it. Yeah. Uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get centered on the road? I find that's really difficult. But traveling is not sure. a place to get calm or get centered, you know? <laughs> you know, I think I do it so much that I'm actually a little bit more on edge when I'm home. And that's no the kidding. truth. I, I Different if, tempo, yeah. If I'm at a Starwood Hotel and I flew a Delta flight, it's mm-hmm. that's my routine. My yeah. routine is go check in for the flight. Delta takes very good care of me. I go through TSA pre-check. Yeah. I'm on the flight. They put me in first class. God nice. bless them. Yes. I, I'm sure you fly enough to, that they have got no problem with that. Yes, no, they take very good care of me. I, I land, 
I get in a car, I get in an Uber usually, or Mm -hmm. I get in a car, I go to the Starwood Hotel, I check in, they also take really good care of me. And I'm at that moment, I can plug in and I can work and I can really focus yeah. because I, you I'm know what to, to expect, right? Yeah, like, exactly. That's an interesting way to, to flip it. Like, so you, if you travel the, the minority of the time, then that's the time that it seems like really hard to, because you're getting mm-hmm. your bearings. But if exactly. you're always traveling, you know, it's like going, it's, it's, it's my commute, right? Yeah. 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 That's and my commute's a little longer than some other people's, but sometimes it's shorter. Sometimes it's easier. <laughs> exactly. Seldom, but sometimes. Yeah. Does it ever get hard to ban that? This is a struggle I've had personally. Sure. One, owning a distillery and two, sure. really loving bourbon. It's like, it's, it doesn't keep me away from spirits very often. You know, <laughs> how do you, do you make that time to stay away from the, the booze as well? You know, I honestly drink so much less than anyone thinks I do. Yeah, that's yeah. You, it's all the pictures. It's I so know, tr- I know. I'm a little tricky. I you make, know what you're doing. You know to manage a brand. Uh, yeah, I can tell. I, I mean, it's important that I try every drink that I post. Yeah. I have tried. Sure. Saying that I finished them is maybe maybe not true. But that's um, good. That's a, that's yeah. a nice compromise. Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm really curious about what people are doing and how they're making drinks and, right. and, and how they're thinking about presenting cocktails. Yeah. So it's really important that I order them and I try them. Um, it's really easy when I'm on the road with the really great team that I'm on the on the road with right mm-hmm. now. There are five of us. So it makes it... Who, re- so the, it, it, name through who's, who's sure, on the road with you right sure. now. Sure. I have Melody Buell, who's yeah. my events director. Cool, cool. I have Brittany Leach, who we hired... Um, Earlier this year, uh-huh. uh, Brittany was a counselor at Camp Runamuck. Uh, she's a bartender from Birmingham, Alabama, oh, who cool. uh, was then a counselor at Camp Runamuck. And then she was on our varsity program at Portland Cocktail Week. Very cool. Um, and we we do our very best to hire one person from those programs every year yeah. to be a part of our events team. Because we I think it keeps those programs real. And it also, I mean, come on, who doesn't want Brittany on their team? She's right. such, <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> she's truly amazing. I'm she's sure the I mean, you got a real, you world. got an eye for talent. So obviously Man, that girl, really oh. She's, she's got all this energy and she's just so smart and so spunky and so cool. Amazing. Um, and we brought David Kwan on our team. He's, okay. uh, he was also, also comes from the bar world. Cool. Um, he's with us right now. Um, he, he was a bartender in Tucson, moved up to San Francisco, uh, worked a, up at Hardwater and the Double Standard, a couple oh, of other nice. places okay. up there. Very good. Yeah. He, great resume. So you got, guy. you got a dream team. Really? Yes. I, and we're, I'm so lucky that we can look to that the really amazing pool of talent that yeah. exists in the bar world and say hey if you're interested in joining our side of the team you know we'd really love to have you and and it's, they've been such a huge asset. you're offering other career outlets which is really wonderful i think it's really important especially if we're you know we treat our our programs like internship programs yeah and I think it's not cool to have an internship program that never hires. Right. Like that's just a cock tease. I'm exactly. just going to put it that yeah. way, right? Like, oh, well, you're going to work for me for free for yeah. 12 months. Are you going to hire me? Eh, yeah, maybe we don't do not. That. No, we don't it's, do that. Great. it's great. <laughs> I think it's really important. And, and we, we try to make one job. Like I said, we, we make one job available pretty much per year for yeah. that program. Which is wonderful. And all the success in the world from it. Yeah. I, seriously, the, the best people that we have on, on some of the best people we have on our team. One is because you treat them well. And it's it's the, partly that and partly they're, man, they're just, bartenders are the best. Yeah. <laughs> they're so smart and they care so much about what they're doing. Yeah. And anyone who's going to put that level of care and attention into a drink is also going to do the same for the guest experience Absolutely. at an event yeah and i'm so lucky to have them i love them it's good i love chatting with bartenders because actually the title bartender is a ruse we got a couple minutes because it's it's not like because there are people that have amazing stories it's not really about the bartending yeah yeah it's about the lives in general of course so the thing i'm really curious about and this we kind of will wrap on this but you're in louisville you've Uh got four bedrooms Mm -hmm. so perhaps you'd start a family we won't even talk about that but 
what is after Lush Life? Because I know you're thinking. You know, you're thinking I, about things. I don't know that there's ever going to be an after Lush Life. I think sure. Lush Life's always going to exist, and I want to keep it alive. But as you'll hand as it off to, in some capacity. It feels sure. Like, right? I, I mean, I have I have such a great team, and honestly, so much of the work is yeah. managed by those guys, and they're so amazing. I, I'm so lucky to have them. Mm. Um, I, I I think that we are definitely on to bigger um, every year. Every year, yeah. And you know, Bar Institute is certainly a step in that direction for the events programming. Mm. Um, we really want to assert what we can do and provide that top level education yeah. across the country. And and I think Bar Institute is a big step in that direction. And I think we're going to continue taking huge strides to provide really top quality education yeah. for career training in the bar world. Um, but I, you, but like, like let's personally. focus on you. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we, we talked about one thing and you don't even, you don't have to name a brand or anything, sure. but you, would you like your own bourbon company? You know, I, I don't know that I want bourbon. I don't know. I think that, I think there is, there's a there are a couple of opportunities that are yeah. are like ripe for the picket, right? Sure. Like there there's one thing in particular that is silly that we're not capitalizing on more. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I've, I'm taking steps every day, teeny tiny baby steps every day to to sort of get closer to to building out some of these other ideas and some of these other companies that I want to start. Yeah. But until I get this right, until I'm I'm fulfilling my responsibility to the bar community, which yeah. is really how I see Bar Institute. Um, I'm not going to commit myself to anything. That Soon, I'm sure. Soon enough, I hope right? So. Yeah. I hope so. You know, that. I mean, that that's the thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm never going to not have ideas. Yeah. I'm always going to want to do the next thing, the next bigger thing. Um, but I think it's really important to get, get the things that you already started right before yeah. you move on to that next step. Absolutely. And yeah. so I, you know, I would have, I, one, I'm really excited about the Bar Institute, how it's going to be a touring program ending at 12. I mean, I would, I think it's going to cause some, it's, it's going to socialize education so much better and behind the bar and all I these kinds so. of things. But the thing that like, I really want to thank you for is, is you've been since, since like a hub for me, you've introduced me, I've been traveling a, a bit lately in the past couple of years and you've introduced me to some of the most wonderful people. Oh, so I, people, relationships that I've still, still maintained, yeah. you know, and you are just a wonderful anchor in this industry. Thank and you. I feel like the the love you have for other people, you're just spreading it. Well, thank you. You know, and it's been really wonderful for me to even like have met you and had the courtesy and the kindness that, that well, you've offered me you. when I've been traveling specifically. Well, so thank I, you so much I, I mean, for that. I mean, you're very welcome. And you know, good attracts good. You're yeah. you're one of the good guys. Maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll <laughs> oh, please. You know you're one of the good guys. I'm, not, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> you're pretty great. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank <laughs> no, you. No, that. but that, that's how it goes. Yeah. You know, we, we are, I feel like we're really in service to each other. And if yeah. we're not in service to each other, then we're doing it wrong. Um, so that, you know, it all kind of goes back to that. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful. And again, thanks so much. Oh, and thank you. You've got an amazingly hectic touring schedule. And the <laughs> fact you came to sit down with me. Oh, please. Thanks for sharing Anytime. a glass with, a bird with Thank me. you for so, sharing this whiskey with me. It's incredible. It was wonderful. My oh, pleasure. Thank, thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. Well, there we have it. The Renaissance woman, Lindsay Johnson. She continues to inspire. She continues to educate and find great ways to bring us all closer as people, but all closer professionally to in this hectic industry the fact that she is essentially the u2 of touring and she took some time out to chat with me in this wee little bedroom in austin texas means a whole lot thank you so much Lindsay, for not only sharing some amazing russell's reserve with me but just taking some time out to shoot the ship so can't wait to see what bar institute brings to austin in june and hopefully i'll get to talk to a whole lot of you guys in attendance so 
Thanks again for listening to Show to View with Mike G, and please keep dancing.